Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into this year's finalists and winners from our WealthManagement.com 2020 Industry Awards. These interviews cover the challenges, innovations, and trends in the wealth management industry and the individuals working to help advisors better help their clients. Hello, and welcome to the Wealthiest Podcast. This is the podcast where we speak to the winners and finalists of our WealthManagement.com awards. As you know, these are the awards that recognize business initiatives that help financial advisors succeed, build better businesses, and create better outcomes for their clients. And today, I'm thrilled to be joined by the one and only Cheryl Nash, the CEO of technology firm Tegra 118. Cheryl, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, I was trying to figure out how best to introduce you in Tegra 118 and thinking that uh, is Tegra 118 maybe one of the oldest wealth management technology firms with the newest name or one of I, the newer technology I, firms <laughs> with the oldest uh, you know, uh, uh, legacy behind it? Um, no, that's, a, it was, that's, that's a great question. So I would say Tegra 118 is, um, you know, since February of 2020, a bold new initiative that is part of what we've done over the last 35 years, but we've been able to really focus on growth and new and, you know, better technology for our clients. So I, I think since, you know, we were spun out of Fiserv and now part of the Moda family, I look at us as a new company. It's a new company and we actually have the opportunity to think about us as a new company, but with all the positives that legacy brings with it. Yeah. It was about a year ago. Uh, in February. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, February 18th. A, yep. Uh, Motive Partners uh, lifted you out of, of Fiserv and, and set you up there. And I think Fiserv still owns 40% of the equity or so. That's correct. And, yeah. We're yeah. still, yeah. Uh, and, and and reason, you know, we're still sitting in the Fiserv data center for our clients. So it's been a good partnership there. And there's continuity with pre-existing clients. and That's right. But that was right before the world fell apart. So it was. It, there it was, uh, end of February, this big move happens, uh, and then everything gets shut down. How did uh, uh, you and the team react to that? Yeah, so fortunately, uh, because we went through a sales process, we got to know the Motive team really well. Probably from June through um, June of 19, uh, 2019 through February of 2020, spent a lot of time together, which was good uh, because starting March 11th, as you know, we just all went remote. But it really, you know, with technology and even how we're doing this uh, podcast, we didn't really miss a beat. I mean, we did miss coming together, working on strategy and, you know, white papers across the room, but we did a lot of the that through, you know, technology. Um, and we also, you know, one of the big things that we wanted to do once we closed the transaction was go out and see all of our clients. And instead we did virtual roadshows, which actually worked out really well. In fact, many of our clients said they were able to bring more people into those meetings because they were you know, not in their offices and, you know, not doing, you know, many different things. They're able to focus and come on to a, um, whatever it was, Teams, Zoom, or, you know, even WebEx, some clients use. So it's been, it was, it was good uh, that we did get to meet and spend a lot of FaceTime with the Motive folks, because I think that would have been really hard if we didn't have that relationship um, at mm -hmm. the beginning when we started off this new journey together. Yeah. And it makes sense that, uh, being a technology firm, the technology enabled you to kind of slide right into the right. The, the work without missing a beat. For, yeah, I think, uh, Tegra 118 or what was Pfizer uh, Financial Services Division, very well known in the independent broker-dealer space 
asset management space, uh, maybe a little bit less so in the RIA space. Do you want to just give a quick 101 to the folks who maybe don't know Integra 118 and what you do and who your clients are and, and how you describe yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so we are a leader in wealth technology. Um, and as um, David just said, we're very focused primarily on managed accounts. That's really the market that we play in, which is obviously a very you know, growing market because of the move to advisory. Uh, we have a vast network today that's broker dealers, asset managers. We even are the technology provider for TAMS in our industry. So Tegra 118 is a pure technology provider. We have been very much involved in the growth of managed accounts and we really work across the enterprise. So we've got some really large clients that we work with. Um, although we're not in the independent you know, RIA space, the smaller RIA space, we do power some of the TAMPs that use, um, that these smaller RIAs use. So our platform might be there just white labeled and they don't know it. But we have a full suite of technology from front, middle, back. We offer core capabilities from planning um, and we, we're spending and focused on that front office, especially in light of what RIAs in the industry needs. But mostly we're known for our middle and back office capabilities, supporting managed accounts from separately managed accounts to mutual fund advisory. And we're now in the process of putting our clients onto our new UMA platform, which is really the end state of where managed accounts is going. So it's been, it's been a really interesting um, and great you know, ride for us. But I will say we are looking at that RIA space, David, because I think it's an important space and we're seeing, especially the larger RIAs, we're seeing them looking to, you know, maybe come to a pure technology firm, not have that investment um, or fiduciary arm associated with their, you know, their platform provider. So we're seeing opportunities there as well. And we think that's a growing market segment for us. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I, I read some statistics somewhere that, uh, your unified wealth platform supports over 85% of all the SMA accounts in the industry. That's right. Yeah, that's so where we grew up. Yeah, so yeah. we grew up, you know, working on the asset managers in our industry and really helping provide data to sponsors that they were participating in. And that's what it, that's where our network started and that's where our business started. So we do, and SMA is where we, like I said, really grew up and started building out our core platform. So yeah, we have 80 plus percent of the SMA managers using our platform, using our network, really interacting with the sponsors on our platform. So it's it's a obviously big focus of ours. Um, and I, I like to say because of what we've done and built over the years, we connect this industry. Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost the uh, kind of like I always thought with Fiserv and banking, right? It's the invisible yeah. pipes behind the scenes. Uh, That's right. The, yeah. the, the pipes underground or uh, I, one of the things the, or well, the thing that the uh, wealthiest judges recognized you for this year was for the multi-strategy trading rebalancer yeah. uh, with the dynamic advisor dashboard. Tell us a little bit about that and what problem you were looking to solve for uh, advisors or the industry with that initiative. Today, our clients use our platform for trading, obviously, um, and we're seeing the need for more of a um, multi-strategy trading environment and really a dynamic advisor dashboard. So that's a lot of words there, but what we did was we worked with our clients and enabled them in this new UMA construct where they can have dynamic advisor sleeves and the advisor can 
trade those specific sleeves without trading the entire account. So spend a lot of time enhancing our engine, enhancing the capabilities, the UI, so that that can go to market. So that's really what you, um, you know, you recognize us for. And a lot of thought was put into this. We co-created with some clients. Um, we made sure that there, that you know, there was a lot of focus on manage by exception, especially in today's environment. Everybody wants to do more with less. So. I would say this is probably one of the biggest things that we rolled out in 2020 that really enabled our clients and this industry to, to do things differently. An indication of a, a, a trend in the uh, both wealth management and asset management space of this uh, move towards managed accounts, advisory services, uh, more flexibility uh, on the the advisor side to sort of uh, uh, you know explain to me where this fits and where you see the transition of where wealth management is going how this initiative yeah. fits into that. No, that's a great question. So this is definitely a big trend. I mean, we just put a press release out with Raymond James and we're launching with them their Flex UMA. So they're the UMA construct, which enables different strategies to be in one portfolio, is the, the place at a single platform and a lot more efficiencies for back office and such. What the big focus on in there is how do you make it as flexible as possible so advisors can manage either a portion of the account or the whole account. And what we've done is really enabled advisors to look at specific sleeves. So if they wanna rebalance just against a sleeve, they don't have to rebalance against the entire portfolio. And it really is to be more flexible. And I think that is where, that's where our industry is going. We're gonna see more asset classes being added to UMA um, and it's gonna be in the same type of construct. They're gonna want that flexibility. So we're seeing that play out on our, you know, from our clients. And I think this is where the industry is moving is, you know, even from a TAM perspective, I think firms want more flexibility in what they're doing and digital is playing out, front office is playing that out. So yeah, that's one of the big focus areas for us is driving more efficiencies down and helping our clients be more flexible using our platform. Right. And and this helps the advisor how at the end, because they uh, just have the more flexibility to adapt the portfolios that, that they need to in the ways that they see fit. Go ahead. Yeah, it does. And it's also, um, I would say from, you know, a, a, a platform perspective, it streamlines the trading workflow. So it also enables advisors to have faster review and processing of trades. Um, it puts, because it's more exception-based, it allows for client requests to be put in. It, it allows for notable exceptions. So if something doesn't meet a restriction or something, cash isn't available, it immediately will take that out of the block and let the advisor know that. It also has eliminated manual tasks. And I think that was one of the big focus. Um, our clients have asked us to, you know, and, and do more with, you know, less clicks and, um, but those manual tasks they want to get rid of. So this allows that around employing automation. Um, it highlights recommended trading events. It highlights actions to take. So an advisor comes in in the morning, they see exactly what they need to do with their, um, you know, book of business. So um, I would say it's, you know, from what does it do for the advisor? It automates the process. It helps with risk assessment because it gives you all the data that you need from an exception perspective, and it you know does allow you to segregate from a home office perspective and an advisor perspective, trading duties and accountabilities as needed. And does it help the advisor spend uh, his or her day 
not necessarily having to be nose deep in portfolio yeah. management. Yeah, so um, we, yes, that's a great point. We really focus on a dashboard. So an operational dashboard that our clients could come into or advisors could come in into the morning and know exactly what they need to do. So they, they get more time, obviously, with their investors, which everybody's looking for today. So it's a supervisor um, dashboard. It monitors trading. It monitors things throughout the day. It'll come in in the morning. It'll tell you if there's any accounts that are out of restriction, any cash that came in, any um, requests for withdrawal. So it's a, it's a very simplistic dashboard that gives an advisor everything they need to do, um, you know, to do their whatever they need during the day or right then and there so they can focus more on, you know, meeting with investors. Yeah. And when you say that, uh, you know, you have some 85% of the SMA space and, and yep. a large number of independent broker dealers and asset managers uh, already there, where yep. do you go next? I mean, you say you're starting to dip your toe into the RA space, particularly as RAs get larger. Uh, yep. Explain to me about uh, how you're approaching that market. Yeah. So um, we are very focused right now on what we can do to support that market. And one of the things that we're looking at is how do we put together some of the great capabilities and some of the great firms that Motive owns um, in their portfolio and create what we're calling a digital flexible TAMP. So we're not gonna be out and be that um, RAA and you know, give the investment advice, but we're looking with our partners to have a very high and strong front office capability where, where Finantix is a Motive partner portfolio company that we are partnered with and integrating with our UWP. And we're also working with Accenture to be our BPO, which would be um, you know, supporting reconciliation and trading in the background. Um, so we are, and then Wilshire. So this week, Motive Partners closed on their Wilshire deal, which obviously is focused on investment management, manager due diligence, modeling. So when you think about those components and then what we offer, which is a strong you know, middle back office, trading, reporting, model management, you think about putting all those pieces together and you go to market with what we're calling our digital flexible TAM solution. Um, and we're, we're, we're already in market. We're already um, have some proposals out. So I think that's the next place where, um, you know, RIAs and firms want to go. They want, they want a flexible solution. They don't want to be locked into something and they want to ultimately own you know, the, um, the client. So they don't necessarily want to take on from others that investment management. They want to own that themselves. Um, so I think that's the next place. And then obviously is, is, you know, things that are going on with ESG and, you know, tax optimization and all things digital, you know, that's also from where we're looking and where we we're looking to invest. That's also where we want to go. Uh, there was a, a recent partnership with Wealth Access too. There right? was, yes. Yeah, wealth access again, front office capabilities, great data aggregation, um, really integrating with the retire up platform that we bought, which is you know retirement income, very much focused on annuities and uh, decumulation, which is much needed obviously in our industry. So, yes, yeah, so that is a great you know partner of ours. That's we're really building out the capabilities for front office. So it sounds like you're putting together the pieces for an RIA offering. We are. Uh, and and how explain to me how you see that market uh, evolving, uh, maybe just in general terms. Uh, yeah, so yeah, great question. When you look at that market the way we're looking at it, and with um, you know 
we're a we're a platform that plays well at the enterprise level, and we've always played well at the enterprise level. These RIA firms are going through acquisitions themselves, mm-hmm. um, and they're growing. And we see an opportunity to partner with them and really help them through their journey from a technology perspective. So it's not going after that small independent RIA yet. It's really more focused on those larger um, RIAs and those that are in, you know, just in the process of figuring out what they want to do next from a technology perspective. Maybe they've outgrown a TAMP or maybe they've outgrown some of the technology that they have and they're looking for pieces of what we can offer or they're looking for the full suite. Um, but we've never seen more you know, opportunity in this market, especially now being branded a new company, now being more of an innovative you know, new company um, with you know, all these partners and motives investment behind us. It's, you know, it's a really good time for uh, us to focus on those larger REAs. Um, yeah. and Do you, go ahead. No, and I think that's, you know, I think that's when you look at, and, you know, even I read um, wealthmanagement.com. I mean, you guys have written about that a lot, right? Where these, these mid tier or, you know, large RIAs, they just are gobbling up smaller ones. And they'll ultimately be some of the largest players in our industry. Yeah, I remember it wasn't that long ago when it would be odd to talk about a $1 billion or certainly a $5 billion RIA, at least in the retail phase right. of RIA. That's right. Uh, would be a, a strange thing to talk about. And now they're they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And like you said, every day, every day I read about right something happening in that space. So it's a very interesting space for us. And, you know, we know the things that we need to do to get into that space. And it really was some of those front office capabilities that we did not have, plus VPO wrapped around it. And now we've got with Wilshire, the you know, models and investment manager due diligence and such, we think we've got a pretty strong offering to go after that market. And would it be such that you wouldn't necessarily be replacing a TAMP that an RA might use? Correct. Explain to me the difference. So the TAMP aspect, which is the the piece that we're not going to be, which is the RIA itself or, you know, those, the investment management piece, we're not going to be that, right? We're going to be pure technology. We could replace some aspects of a TAMP. There might be um, a firm that's looking at, you know, they want more flexibility in their rep is PM program and how they offer that to their advisors. So they might come to us, you know, with that and then ultimately grow into other programs. But we could replace the technology, the back end of some of these firms um, from a TAMP perspective. But again, we're never going to be that full fiduciary TAMP are going to be the pure technology that drives, um, you know, where some of these RAs, you know, want to be now. They don't necessarily want to give up that client and um, investment piece. So we could replace some of the TAMPs in that space. And again, I think, you know, when I, when we, you know, when we're looking at this market and we're talking to this, we talk to the industry all the time, as you, there are a lot of needs around more flexibility for advisors. And that's where we can come into play and do a really nice job is helping our, our that that part of the industry have a more flexible and you know RIA advisor capability. And we, you know, we're rolling that out now with a couple of clients. So that's where we think there's real opportunity. Yeah, for sure. And when you're talking to your your clients, particularly in the IBD space, one of the things I noticed from like I said, non-tech uh, side uh, when we're reporting on this stuff is how many of the IVDs are kind of essentially evolving into 
RIA support platforms, right? Um, yeah, that's right. What, you know, yeah. LPL, Commonwealth, I mean, they all have programs yeah. for RIAs. And, uh, are you seeing that too? And where, where do you, what do you think is going on there? Yeah, no, we see that. Um, it's, it's funny because we get called now that we're, um, once we moved out of Pfizer, we got, you know, I probably get a call a week from a fintech company who's doing things with RIAs, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, moving away from a wirehouse or a bigger firm and going independent, they've got, you know, a full set of training and wholesalers and things that could help benefit them in doing so. There's networks out there that are helping advisors move to more of the LPLs of the world. So I think that that is a, um, you know, that's, that is something that we're seeing. Um, and it's, when we look at our technology suite, I mean, obviously we don't offer those capabilities, but we are looking at, you know, where we could help the advisors in every place. And we've, we've got Wirehouse's clients, so very important clients. So we're helping them with their advisor, you know, strategy and, and how we can help them from an advisor perspective. Um, but there are little fintech companies popping up that are helping some of these firms move to be independent. And you see, I'm sure you see it too. Um, you see them pop up more frequently than not. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, quite a few. When when you're looking at the industry overall, whether it's uh, the growth of the RA space or independent broker dealers kind of evolving to be RA support platforms, I guess when you're kind of thinking about your roadmap for Tiger 118, what is the guiding light there? There seems to be like a lot of moving pieces and a lot of different channels. Uh, yeah. Is there kind of a, a unified guidepost there that you're working towards? There are. So we've got we call them roadmap themes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got, you know, six or seven roadmap themes, but I'll just quickly go through. Um, one is to simplify the business and drive efficiency. And that's all around optimizing core technology, helping our clients get to that single UMA platform, delivering a state of the art UI UX. Um, you know, the second is around adding new capabilities. So we talked about tax optimization, ESG, client onboarding. That's all key right now you know, cloud-based platforms, anything that has to do with data, um, SaaS-based, you know, moving into that, you know, environment. We've already put one of our platforms on the cloud and we're looking at, you know, what's next there, but that's a big, you know, from a cost efficiency and a from a platform perspective, that's big. SaaS offerings, again, more cloud-based, mm-hmm. holistic financial management, financial wellness, all the things that we're hearing about in the industry. We bought Retire Up. We'll continue to invest in that front office to help our clients with giving more, you know, more and better tools to their advisors to help their investors reach their goals. And then lastly, really focus on digital. Um, What more can we offer from a digital perspective? Um, Where can we help clients with better data analytics? Um, So those are really the themes that we're looking at going into, uh, you know, 2021 and beyond. Yeah, it strikes me that, uh, you know, enabling, no matter what the channel is, enabling the advisor to have the flexibility to give advice. The advisor, that's exactly right. And also helping the asset manager with, you know, with the market. When you think about, you know, models and how streamlined that needs to be. um, I didn't mention that, but we are looking at how we take our current network, which is vast, and turn that into more of a marketplace. So when you look at our, our platform today, and I, like I said before, we, we connect this industry. We've got over 200 managers. Um, we've got you know 60 different custody trading venues that we talk to, plus 30, 35 different broker dealers sitting on our platform. When you look at that, the network 
effect of how data gets across our platform is, um, I'd say it's the best in the industry. When you when we look at that network effect, we're looking at what more can we do? I mean, APIs are driving a lot of change there. So building out capabilities that are API driven, but also there's, there's technology out there that we're not going to build. So I think about risk tools and maybe something that, you know, that BlackRock has or something that Russell has. There's risk capabilities that we could bring into our platform in our marketplace and really drive efficiencies for our clients. So we were the ones from a technology perspective who hold on to that, who build the APIs, and then the clients get to benefit from those you know, capabilities or solutions that we add. So you know, our marketplace is starting with you know, model management, which we already have, but really making it even more robust. And then ultimately thinking about what else we can do to support the industry. You speak about all the uh, fintech firms that are popping up to help with the, the, the help advisors. Tell me about uh, RetireUp and, and what you saw there and how you expect them to help you. We knew we needed to really do some work in our front office and spend some time thinking about what the, you know, first and foremost, what the biggest needs in the industry are and retirement is something that, as we all know, is an industry um, area that needs some support. So RetireUp um, had what we saw was a phenomenal team, first off, very smart, very dynamic, um, you know, quick. You know, they've been, it's a small team, but I say small but mighty because they built out some really core capabilities. But the capabilities that we saw were really um, what we thought were very, you know, I'd say first in market and very beneficial to what our clients have been telling us they want. So it's a it's an income accumulation platform versus you know accumulation. So we're seeing that that's a big need for retirement, but we're also now looking at retire up in a way that that just continues to build out our marketplace and our network effect. Where annuities um, they are they have a platform where we could think about an annuity marketplace and how we can work with insurance companies to sell annuities you know, across managed accounts. So lots, lots of thinking went into, from a strategic perspective, what we can do with RetireUp. Um, we've been to market with them. We've, you know, many of our clients, probably all of our clients have seen their capabilities, very impressed with what they have. And um, you know, we're in the process of integrating it now with UWP. Well, that's great. That's great. We're um, in, in this landscape, you know, you have wealth access, retire up, you're, you're filling some of the holes. You say you're this marketplace. Uh, where are some holes that uh, you expect to fill that you haven't filled yet? Anything that kind of pops up on your radar that is an advisory need, advisors need that maybe they uh, are having trouble filling that maybe you, you could in the future play a role? Yeah, we're looking at what we can do more with custody platforms. And I, when I say that, there's a lot of focus on client onboarding and real-time data. So most of our, you know, our processing is still batch. And that's just because the custody platforms are mostly batch. So we're looking where we can, you know, really support clients today using some of the custody platforms that they sit on with us and helping drive some efficiencies around client onboarding and real-time access to data, whether it be contributions, withdrawals, and such. That's one big area of focus. Um, another is looking at even different segments. So we talked about the uh, you know, independent RIA segment. We're looking at the insurance segment. One of the other things that RetireUp brought to us was you know, an intro into that marketplace and then understanding what they might need. And they're another segment that could use our digital flexible TAMP 
And we're spending a lot of time understanding that market. So I think insurance needs from a wealth tech pers- you know, perspective are very important. And I think that's something that we're, there's some holes there that we need to fill that we're looking at. Um, but I do think there's a great market there. And then lastly, we're looking at adding you know, different asset classes, whether we started with annuities with retire up, but whether it be structured notes, hedge funds, you know, things like that, that I think could go into managed accounts nicely. We're looking at what we need to do to be able to support, um, you know, more robust asset classes. Yeah, it strikes me that access for advisors is important, right? Right. Advisors want access to all this stuff. They do. That's right. And if if we think about our network and you think about the marketplace I talked about, there's a great opportunity for us to help with that, right? And really drive that where we bring in different asset, you know, we bring in structured notes, we bring in different um, asset classes from other, you know, either technology or firms and help make it easily accessible for managed accounts. The network effect. That's right. That's great. Uh, I I would be remiss uh, leaving uh, this if we didn't speak a little bit about something. I know you've been outspoken about diversity in the industry. I know that's uh, it's been a cause for you. Where are we in terms of moving the needle for uh, broader, more inclusive uh, industry in terms of gender, in terms of race, in terms of ethnicity? Uh, however, yeah. you want to think about it. Uh, where are we? Have we have we made strides? It seems there's a lot of effort. Uh, has has the needle moved at all from your perspective? Yeah. So I just read an article today that was very disheartening. It was around um, women a year ago. Women outnumbered men in the U.S. workforce. Uh, now they account for 100% of jobs lost in December, which is really oh. disheartening. And I think it's all due to COVID and, you know, a lot of other commitments. Um, but I think we've made progress. We're not done yet. Um, I've been, you know, really a champion of this for many years. And I've, you know, I'd say in 2020, there was a great sense of urgency to do more across a lot of the large firms. And a lot of firms have DEI programs. Um, they're starting to put some good measurements in place to make sure that they've got a diverse interview, you know, candidate pool when they're interviewing for jobs. Um, they're putting, you know, ERGs in place, enterprise resource groups that support different diverse groups, women, you know, even race. So I would say we are not there yet. I would say we've still got a ways to go, but I am so impressed with the level of focus that this industry's put into this. And I'm so impressed and, you know, optimistic about change because of the way even MMI has, you know, a big industry group is working on social justice and diversity. That's right. The Money Management Institute. Um, Firms like, you know, Morningstar, Kunal is really putting a lot of emphasis and bringing in industry leaders to help drive some change there and really make it more data related so that people have the data to make change. We're getting RFIs and RFPs that ask us what our, you know, executive team looks like, how many different diverse employees Mm -hmm. we have. It is becoming something that's very necessary. So yes, I think that there's still work to do, but I'm very optimistic about, you know, where we're going and how, you know, how the, the, every firm is talking about it. And now actually every firm is doing something about it, which is very positive. Yeah, that's great. And it's, it is disheartening to think that maybe one of the yeah. uh, problems with the pandemic has been that maybe it's set those efforts back just a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah. But we'll get there. We'll get back on track. We'll yeah. get there. Yeah, Vaccine's I agree. Coming. And uh, yes. it's on the way. 
So Cheryl, this has been great. I really appreciate your time. Uh, very informative. I think uh, people have learned a lot here. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. It's always good to talk to you, David. Thank you. And that's Cheryl Nash, the CEO of Tegra 118. I'm David Armstrong, editor of wealthmanagement.com. And this has been the Wealthies Podcast. Thanks for listening. This content has been made for information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions represent the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of wealthmanagement.com.